You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back. Thursday edition Huddle Up, a football podcast. I'm Tony. Corey's here with us today. Hi, Corey. Howdy. A lot's gone on this week, and a lot of it everybody's heard. We're now on a Thursday. I wanted to do a Tuesday. I just didn't do it. I need to get better at doing that, man. Um, so I apologize. Apologize for not getting that done. So I missed out on getting ahead of five days now, four days worth of the stuff that we've all heard. We, we, we know about the vacancies that are left. It's the Browns. Browns head coaching is the only job that's open. Several have been filled. The biggest one was filled on Sunday. That's the Dallas Cowboys filled by Mike McCarthy. And I, I think that the, the way that Jerry Jones made Dallas relevant at a period where they should not have been relevant because they were eliminated from the playoffs, I think it's very interesting that all last week, everybody was talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones is a master at keeping his team front and center. And that's why they're America's team. When's the last time? When's the last time they won a Super Bowl, Corey? It's nuts, man. The nineties. When's the last time they were at the AFC championship? I mean, the, the NFC, it would NFC championship. I don't even know the last time they won a playoff game, but every time you turn on the ESPN first take something, they're always talking about freaking Cowboys. Jerry Jones is a master at keeping his team front and center. And we talked a little bit about that last week about how he was the crazy uncle who took over a team and he's done such a good job at all of, all of the publicity of it. And he's done a great job with the football too. I'm not taking anything from, from Jerry. What was interesting to me though, was that Jerry kept them front and center by saying nothing. It was like counter. It was like the opposite of what we expected out of Jerry Jones. We didn't hear a word. He canceled radio appearances. We didn't hear a word about what was going to happen. We knew that the last thing we had heard about the situation was that if we don't make a significant push into the playoffs, we're looking for another head coach. But he didn't have any interviews for a long time. I mean, he went days and days and days. Got us talking about the the options of maybe keeping keeping Jason Garrett as a head coach. You know, I began thinking that he was re-interviewing for his own job. Silence, silence, silence. Then suddenly, Mike McCarthy interviews with Dallas. Marvin Lewis interviews with Dallas on a Saturday during playoff games. That's interesting to me because that's another Jerry waited to have his interviews and announce them until there were NFL playoff games, which by the way, his team wasn't in. So when everybody's talking about the Eagles who beat Dallas, they're also talking about Dallas. That's crazy. That's insane to me. So he, so the announcements come out, the interviews happen. And by Sunday night, oh, I missed over the part about how Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones had a sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I think the official report is they were in a hotel. I, I, somebody said that they was at Jerry's house, and I don't think that was true. Like, <laughs> they weren't sharing the bed or anything. That's not the point. Uh, that was really funny, but that's not the point. By Sunday, Jerry Jones has announced a new head coach in Mike McCarthy. And we'll talk about that in a second. What I think is more relevant than people aren't talking about 
is that he interviewed Marvin Lewis. That part makes little to no sense to me at all. The reason that he interviewed Marvin Lewis, likely, is because of the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule is a National Football League policy that requires league teams to interview ethnic minority candidates for head coaching and senior football operation jobs. It's something, it's sometimes cited as an example of affirmative action because there's no actual quota or preference. You don't have to, you don't have to hire the guy. You don't have to interview multiple. You just have to give somebody a shot. I kind of like the spirit of the Rooney rule. I think its intent is to put minority candidates who might not otherwise be considered for head coach into a position where they can have a conversation. And I don't want to get lost on a racial thing here. This is not like going to be a political show at all. So I want to separate that immediately. The fact of the matter, though, is at the very top of the NFL, the worst kept secret is there's a boys club. Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft. I mean, the easy, those are the easy names. The elites, the greats, the best owners in the league are at a different level and they take their guys with them. I think the spirit of the Rooney rule is so that good offensive coordinators, good defensive coordinators, good special teams coaches who might not otherwise be asked for an interview because they're not in the boys club, at least get the opportunity to be talked to. And I think the hope is if you talk to one guy, if, if, if multiple teams talk to one guy over a few years, that gets some new ideas into the league. I think that's what the spirit of the Rooney rule is. It's not, it's, it's tied to race and ethnicity, but in the spirit of progress. And what I saw in Dallas was not in the spirit of the Rooney rule. They interviewed Marvin Lewis. Let's just be honest. That was not a legitimate interview. Huh. Marvin Lewis was head coach of Cincinnati for 16 years. Barely had a winning record. 131 wins, 122 losses. Seven, here's what's interesting. Here's why I think that that interview was not a legitimate interview. Marvin Lewis had seven playoff appearances and zero playoff wins. That's how we got here in the first place, guys. This whole thing started with, if we don't make a significant push into the playoffs, we're looking for a new head coach. Do you really think that Jerry Jones thought that Marvin Lewis was going to give them a significant push into the playoffs moving forward with his baby that he just created, the perfect team? I don't buy it. And I further don't buy it because the Giants used the Rooney rule in a legitimate way. They didn't just interview one minority. They interviewed two. And by the way, one of them came from Dallas. Chris Richard was with the Seahawks and was a big part of the Legion of Boom. That fell apart. He was ousted. Did I say Dallas or the Seahawks? You said it right. Moved to Dallas under Jason Garrett. 2018, I think. Goes to Dallas as a defensive backs coach. In 2019, that's last year, the Cowboys' pass defense ranked 10th in the NFL. 
Just 223 yards a game. Only allowed 21 touchdowns. That's tied for the eighth lowest in the league. The previous season, that would be Chris Richards' first season as defensive backs coach. The Cowboys finished 13th in pass defense with similar, similar yards allowed. Three important contributions, contributors to the pass defense. Demarcus Lawrence, cornerback Byron Jones, rookie linebacker Leighton Vander Esch. All of those guys were selected to the Pro Bowl. And what's, what's interesting to me is when I talk about those defensive stats and those defensive players, what's most interesting to me is that Chris Richard had recently moved Byron James back to the corner after he had spent most of, the, most of his time playing safety. That tells me that Chris Richards was actually looking at the defense. He was thinking about ways to improve that team and willing to think outside of the box. He was a legitimate head coach candidate that applied with that, that, that fit with the Rooney rule. So if you have to check off a box because you've already got your guy. Okay. Cause there's nothing wrong with that. In most other professions, if you want to hire somebody, you go out and hire them. You don't have to go through the motions. Sometimes you do. Serpent corporate settings, but that's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is if you have to be compliant to the Rooney rule, Jerry, at least talk to the guy that's in your own backyard. That's built the defense. Uh, that's the part I don't understand. Maybe he wants to keep him there. Maybe he didn't want to give him false hope or upset him or introduce him into the pool. Maybe there's other things there that I don't know about, but that's just one example. And he was interviewed by the New York giants to be a head coach. So I'm not just saying this because he's a minority that's a coach that's successful on Jerry's team. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this because the New York Giants saw enough in Chris that they asked him for an interview. Does this make sense? I, I think it shows that Jerry Jones doesn't give a crap about that rule. I guess he probably thought it looked better if he brought in Marvin Jones because he's been a head coach. He probably thought, oh, the public will think this is great. Listen, but, Marvin Jones is a great deep threat, but I don't know if he's going to be a good head coach. <laughs> what the, what the, oh, Marvin Lewis. That's all right. <clears throat> brought in Marvin Lewis. So he, I think in his eyes, he's probably like, oh yeah, they're going to think this is great. We brought in Marvin Lewis, but you're right. There, there's no way he actually wanted to hire him. Well, and when I look back at Marvin Lewis as a defensive coach, he, that was back in the nineties. He had three or four years of relevance in the nineties where his team under his cause, his defense was in the top half of the league. They were very good. Those three years. That was with the Ravens. They were great those three years. But he's a marginal coach at best. Why would it even like if you're scared of him leaving, wouldn't you want to earn his trust by offering him the chance to interview? Well, if you're here's the problem with my thinking as I thought it. All the more reason to interview this guy is because other teams are asking him for interviews. Sure. So I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. If you think he might leave, then talk to this man. And maybe he did and it wasn't an official interview. I don't know. I mean, there's so much that I don't know. But yeah, I totally agree. Now, when we were initially going to talk about this, I was going to be like, man, I don't think this, this rule should even be in place. Um, I think at this point in society, we've pretty much moved on from, I mean, there's still racism out there, but I feel like if there's a coaching candidate in the minority, that's good enough to be interviewed. He's going to be interviewed. <clears throat> but I do like the point you made. It's, it's good to bring people to the forefront that wouldn't normally be there. So like now that this guy has been interviewed, there's probably a good chance he's going to have a head coaching job in the next two, three years. Well, that's the whole, that's the whole point of the rule. 
I'm linking back on the last time the Rooney rule, Rooney rule worked the way it was supposed to was Mike Tomlin. That decision had all but been made by Rooney when the commissioner called him up and said, Hey, wait a minute. You need to talk to Mike Tomlin. And they ultimately hired him, and the rest is history. As much as I don't like Mike Tomlin, he's going to the Hall of Fame, and he's one of the greatest coaches that's playing right now. I believe that's true. Because of the Rooney rule. I'm going to echo your statement, and I want to move on from this, because I I really don't want this to become a political thing. I agree with you that in this day and age, I would hope that we've moved far enough past racial discrimination that the best man wins the job. The truth is, in social circles, there, there's a, there is a difference sometimes between... See, we're, we're right on the line, man. We're so far on the no, line. We, we can talk about it. I, I don't think it's a conscious decision not to interview those people. But they're not in the club. Exactly. So it, it just opens up the door a little bit more. Well, I was glad to see the Giants. The Giants obviously have made their decision. I was glad to see the Giants utilize the Rooney rule in the correct way. And they didn't even see this is the thing. If you do it the right way, it's not even a matter of checking off the box. They interviewed Chris Richard, which we just talked about, but they also interviewed Eric Benemy. Is it Benemy or Bellamy? I looked it up. It says Benemy on the paper. I understand. But I heard Bellamy. I always thought it was Bellamy. I have no idea. Well, it's Benemy. I looked it up. That's what, that's what. Wikipedia said, so that's what I'm going to go with. Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. That's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, and interviewing Eric Benemy, Bellamy, whatever it is. I'm sorry, Eric. Coach, sir. It satisfied the Rooney rule, but it also did. It was also followed the spirit of the rule. That's my point. My, my point is that the New York Giants don't need the rule, and maybe Jerry Jones does. Although I will say, ultimately, I think that the hiring of Mike McCarthy is not a bad idea. That, that makes sense. No, I like Mar- the Mike McCarthy interview. I mean, he was successful with the Packers. Went to how many playoffs? A good uh, amount. Won a Super Bowl eight? with Rodgers. I think he went to eight playoffs, eight consecutive. Nine, nine appearances and eight consecutive. Did which- they, win, they win playoff games? Yeah, they won some playoff games. Let's see here. Uh, Mike McCarthy was hired in 2006. Oh, by the way, third youngest at that time. Team was four and 12. He turned it around immediately to eight and eight. So similar to the Cowboys and Eagles situation this year, by the way, um, both of these teams were eight. I mean, we were talking about eight and eight teams winning the wild, winning the division there. That's what happened in Mike McCarthy's second year. And the rest was history. 13 and three in 2007. That's when they won the first six, the first of six. Yeah. Title, titles of their division. So a guy who's, who's been around a while, he's been pretty successful for the most. He's got a Super Bowl. And arguably that's a way more difficult division. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like the only reason he got fired from Green Bay is it just kind of got stagnant with him and Rodgers. It wasn't necessarily that they didn't, I don't think they didn't believe in him anymore. I just don't think they felt like that combo could go any further. But now you put him in a new situation with two, three of the best weapons in the league. And it's a great opportunity for him to show, you know, show what he is. Stagnant is exactly the word that was used during the press conference after his termination. He was stagnant. They, you, you just nailed it. They absolutely believed that he wasn't coming up with the times. He wasn't utilizing these, the information that was available. 
and ultimately they had to pass. One thing that was weird to me, I thought he was out of the league longer though. It's only been 18 months. Really? I thought it had been years. Yeah, I saw this weird video on Twitter, Bleach Report somewhere, and it was an interview with him about how he's had a coaching staff in his back pocket this whole time. And there's like a little tiny documentary about it. And he's got this little, what would you call it? A, um, I don't know. He's got his own like, a, little, like, like an A-list. Like, a, yeah, no, it's like a uh, compound. Like he's got the McCarthy compound and he's got these four or five coaches that he's kept in his pocket and they watch film all the time. Like a normal, normal coach would. So it's like, he's never even been out of coaching. He's just kind of kept it up. And now he's fully prepared to go in and coach a football team. I think the biggest difference between now and then is that Mike McCarthy has learned. Mike McCarthy's learned what Jason Garrett wouldn't. And I think it might take being fired to figure that out. Well, when we talked about it last week, Jason Garrett was just a third string quarterback for the Cowboys that kind of worked his way up through the organization. So they had no idea what he would be before they, you know, he didn't have a reputation before he got hired except for what he built with the Cowboys. Honestly, I think Jason Garrett's being way disrespected right now with the way this has all gone on because of the work that he's put in and the growth that he's had throughout his career is significant and notable. The problem is over those last three or four years, the growth has stopped. That's the issue that I'm seeing with Jason Garrett. And that's what they said was going on in, in Green Bay. Yeah. So maybe the best thing that ever happened to the Cowboys and to Mike McCarthy and to Green Bay, we got three winners, is Mike McCarthy taking a break, an absence, getting with his coaches. Now he says, I think the magic words for Jerry Jones, despite the playoff record and all that stuff, I think the magic words for him were analytics. Because it sounds an awful lot like Mike McCarthy's coming back with a totally different mindset than he had the last time he was here. It'll be really interesting to see. He's talking about a team of 14 people to study tape and analytics. That's, that's pretty interesting. Let's see. I'm excited to see what will happen. I Go wouldn't ahead. be surprised if this is a 13, 14 win team, uh, team next year. It probably wouldn't surprise me either. Cause they're going to have, they're going to be hyped up. I think he's going to have that offense clicking and I think they're going to roll through some teams. I agree. And, and, and I almost want to say that not that this is related, but Mike McCarthy going to like him or not, Mike McCarthy coming to Dallas is one of the worst things that could have happened to Cleveland. We can, t- I'll just tease that and we'll leave that alone for now. And we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that later, but the pool, the pool, the top of the pool has dried up now. Ron Rivera is gone. You missed that chance. Mike McCarthy has a lot of experience managing some big time personalities and winning football games in a high powered offense and like him or not, he's gone too. And so now we're left with, who knows? The Giants say they're going to have a decision made by Saturday, and I think that's another terrible mistake. I thought they hired the Patriots. Did I say the Giants? I meant the Browns. I'm sorry. The Browns said they'll have a decision by Saturday. By the way, Ron Rivera is a similar situation. I feel like it just got kind of stagnant there in Carolina with Cam and that team. I don't think he was doing a bad job. It just, I feel like. We figured you out, Ron. We got you figured out. Yeah. Yeah, we know you. We know Cam. We know all about that McCaffrey yeah. kid. Yeah, they figured him out. Some and like even sometimes just in the workplace, sometimes you just need to change up somebody's position. And you know, may, they've been working, they've been doing this one job for a while. You switch them to kind of you know same same workplace, just a little different task, and they get excited and it just works out better. Yeah, yeah, I've t- I've talked about that before. I've had a lot of experience there too, and you're 100 percent right. Anyway. 
You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Team.